The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, hour number two. Commences now, the final hour of the week, and we are on the downward slope to the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> uh, 1E. We, I, I want to... I think we should. I think we need to get that clip, and that's the last thing you hear before we get off the air. There we you, go. Yeah, we can make we, that we happen. Could close Coach out Mike. with that. Yeah. There we go. I we'll like get, that. We'll make Coach Mike get that set up for next week. That's that's good. Oh man, tell you what, we have been super blessed to be able to talk with Jeff him this season on Fridays, and we are so excited to talk about the Nashville Sounds. And I'm sure he's excited to talk about them because they're a lot of fun to watch right now, Mo. <laughs> yeah, um, 15-4 to 4 win last night over at Charlotte. Um, I don't want to steal too much of Jeff's thunder, but, you know, that win tied a franchise record with their 15th straight originally set back in 1999 and then tied in 2018 and set a couple of season highs, set a franchise record last night, and they improved to 21-5 and five on the year with that win, which is the, um, the best record in franchise history through their first 26 games. So, yeah, if, if you're not enjoying this, then – I don't know what you're doing with your life. So with that, Jeff Hamm from a from a hotel room in Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good to be with you again this week. And yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty fun ride the last few weeks. And I appreciate the chance to catch up with you guys again and talk about it a little bit. And for the record, we did not exclude Jeff from last week's show because of his shots at Moe's age. It was just because <laughs> um, we only did an hour-long show and badly at that from Spring Fling last week. So, um, Jeff, don't take that personally. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as thin-skinned as some people might think. But <laughs> Well, uh, and, and for the for the record, if we're, if we're letting the record show here, I, I did not take any shots at your age. Uh, <laughs> if, if you, it, you know, you may have chosen to insert uh, your age as a subject of conversation <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I, I don't consider myself as young as I would like to be able to consider myself either. So uh, I, I know what it's like to ride on that boat. <laughs> well, thanks for the company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, misery loves company. Absolutely. Um, 
offense not an issue for this team right now? Oh man, it's uh, you know it's for a 15 game winning streak. You know, you guys know the game of baseball. You can't get that many wins in a row with just one or two guys who are hot. But what's amazing and fun to watch about this offense right now is it's not. Um, it, there's nothing that feels lucky about it or, you know, oh, we caught this hot streak or this ball's bouncing in or we're hitting these balls that are fair by a foot and everything's kind of going right. This is a – it's a methodical offense. It, and, and I will say Columbus and Charlotte, the two teams we've seen on this road trip, um, have been thin on their pitching. And the Sounds offense is a group, no matter who they're playing, that is going to make you work. You know, if you're if you're trying to nibble around the edges, they're not going to chase very much. They're going to make you bring it to them, and it's been a combination of uh, really disciplined hitting and attacking when they do get something to hit in the zone, and combining that with a couple of pitching staffs who are prone to walk guys, and so guys are coming up left and right with men on base because they're being given some free bases, and then when there's a chance to put a good swing in a ball. Uh, these guys are not missing the barrel at all, um, you know, but it's it's not like there are two or three guys who are just out of their minds hitting 700 right now on this winning streak. It's it's one through nine. Everybody's just taking their turn. They're they're having a quality at bat. It's um, it's just a really uh, disciplined, methodical approach. I mean, we're seeing guys we're, we're seeing the team score early. They're scoring in the middle uh, they're scoring late. They're scoring a run here, two there, a two out, two run single here. I mean, it's just they're just wearing down the opposition, and then they're they're combining that with a couple of pitching staffs who can't afford to be worn down, and it's led to some lopsided games like last night. It, it's been pretty fun to watch because you know I said this the other night. I mean, Zach Green has been a good example. He had five home runs in the six games in Columbus. And on one of the nights, the at-bat after he had hit this long home run, uh, you know he's feeling good, he's hot. You know, guys, when they hit one, they want to hit another one. Well, he gets into a three-and-one count. And the fifth pitch of that sequence was close, but it was off the plate. And he took it. He took the walk. He ended up being driven in by somebody else that inning. And I think as a hitter, I mean, anybody who's played the game at whatever level, uh, if you're hot and you think a ball is going to be anywhere close, you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm in such a groove right now. I'm just going to take a rip at almost anything, and I feel like I'll get a hit. These guys aren't doing that. They're taking the walk if it's there, and they're letting somebody else drive them in. And it's, it's been pretty cool to see. There's an unselfishness to this lineup right now. You said that you faced a couple of pitching staffs that are prone to walks. Last night, the Sounds drew 14 walks, which set a single-game franchise record. Um, also, obviously, a season high. The 15 runs that they scored in the 15-4 victory is a season high. They, and you talked about scoring early, middle, late. You're up 15 nothing before the Knights finally got on the board in the bottom of the sixth inning. So you're certainly doing your damage when, when the opportunities present themselves. Yeah, and I think last night's another good example, too, that the pitching has been really good. I mean, the Sounds are not winning. Most of these games, they're not winning 10-9 to 9 or 11-10. to 10. Uh, the, the team ERA is well under three during this 15-game winning streak, while the offense is averaging, I think it's like six and a half runs a game right now during the streak. Uh, the, the pitching staff is not giving up very much. So, the, the, you know, most of these wins uh, have not been – 
tweakers. I mean, we, we talked in that Gwinnett series a couple of weeks ago. That was a close series. That, that was a six-game series where five of them were one-run games, and the, the exception was a two-run game. But on this road trip, it's been, it's been more lopsided. And, and, and to the point you just made, these, these pitching staffs that the Sounds are seeing are giving out some walks. Uh, they're a little overmatched, it seems, and our guys are taking full advantage, like like uh, like good offenses do. And they're not they're not going to chase just because they're because they're getting impatient or they don't want to draw that third walk in a row. They're instead saying, "Okay, well, let's load them up and let let the guy behind me knock somebody in." So that's it's it's quite a group to watch right now. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jeff Hem, voice of the Nashville Sounds, and. When you uh, you say, you know, not everybody from – it's not just one or two people getting hot, but you guys do have three or four right now. When you when you think about Jace Peterson, who hit, I think, at least two home runs against the Gwinnett Stripers when I was in attendance in the two games I was there. I know he hit home runs, so he may have hit more <laughs> when I wasn't there. But – and on top of Zach Green, but Jace Peterson and um, – uh, let's see, it's um, – Corey Ray, who has been fantastic recently, this is a this is a lineup that seems to be hitting all of its strides at the right time. That being said, you don't win without pitching, and this team has got a bunch of great pitchers as well. Yeah, I mean the offense and the pitching are are really similar in the sense that there you've got a couple of guys who are like Jace Peterson, like you mentioned, they've got some big league time under their belt. They they know what they're doing at AAA and certainly have that on the pitching staff. Last night, Josh Lindblom made his first appearance since uh, he was designated by the Brewers, and he's on his own individual mission to get himself back to the big leagues where he, he knows he belongs. Um, but then tonight, we've got the kid, Aaron Ashby, going 23 years old and just turned 23, and he's had a couple of really good starts uh, on this on this road trip. So, um, you know, the younger guys and the more veteran guys are, are both on the pitching staff and in the lineup. Everybody's making it look really easy right now. And, um, you know, I, I think about uh, Luke Maley, who's done a great job with catching these guys and then starting to produce himself offensively, a guy who's had a little bit of big league time this year. And, and he was on my pregame show last night, and, and he said, I, I'm not going to try to take any credit here, these pitchers are just really good right now and they're making it look easy. And he said it, it's it's a hard game to play, but sometimes if you don't make it too complicated, you can do yourself a favor. And I feel like these guys right now are just uh, taking a really simple approach with this thing because they're in such a rhythm that uh, they don't they don't need to overthink anything at this point. Yeah, Aaron Ashby, you just mentioned a 3-9-2 ERA, 2-0 in five starts. Uh Opponents are hitting just 197 against him. And on top of him, Zach Godley has been ungodly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, three and oh really in three starts. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I've, I've said this a couple of times on, on the air, too. I mean, all these guys individually, of course, they're trying to get to the big leagues. So from an individual, pure standpoint, um, they're worried about their own game. They're so close to the big leagues. A lot of these guys have been there. They're trying to get back. They're trying to stay in the, in the example of Godley. Um, but from a sound standpoint, every good AAA team that I've ever seen has at least a couple of Zach Godley type guys where they just, they, they can start, 
They can relieve. They can go two innings if you're running thin in the bullpen. They can start and they can go five. And we've seen Godley do that. And if he were called up tomorrow, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he could go up there and give the Brewers a couple of innings. He's just consistent. He throws strikes. He doesn't throw 99. He's just, you, you know what you're going to get. I think both AAA and big league managers love those kind of guys on their staff, especially in this era of, uh, of, of hard throwers around the game, but not always guys who know exactly where it's going. I think big league managers and AAA managers love to know that in their back pocket, they've got guys like a godly uh, who are just going to fill up the strike zone and uh, they're going to do it with movement. They're going to do it with mixing it up and they're going to get it done. And, and that's godly. I mean, he's, we've got so many guys on this team who have really good change-ups, and it makes their, their 92 to 94 mile per hour fastball seem like 95 to 97 because these hitters don't know when the changeup's going to come. And it's just such an equalizer. And again, it goes back to my point. They're throwing strikes and they're not, they're not overcomplicating things. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking a really simple approach. They've got good catchers on this team, uh, a good pitching coach and Jim Henderson. He, he knows what it's like to battle the triple a, and then he got to the big leagues and, had success up there, so he's a perfect guy to draw from his own experiences to help these guys uh, who are at this level, whether it's their first time or their sixth time at AAA. So it is, it's all coming together with a, with a different mix of, of talent on this team. And, um, and then, like I said, they're facing some opponents who seem a little thin on their side on arms, and it's an offense that's going to take advantage of that. So all you can do is play whoever they throw out there against you. We are speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Nashville Sounds play-by-play voice, Jeff Hem. Um, Jeff, you guys get it going at 604, <laughs> 6.04 tonight over at Charlotte in the fourth game of the six-game series. As you mentioned, Aaron Ashby gets the ball for the Sounds, 2-0 and with a 3.92. Right-hander Mike Wright, 1-1 one one with a 2.74 for the Knights getting the start um followed with a 604 game on saturday finishing up sunday at 105 all these are central time starts and then returning to first horizon park on tuesday for a six-game series against indianapolis yeah and uh indianapolis a pirates affiliate this is another team just like charlotte here where the sounds and if you go way back they have played some of these teams like it was with with Gwinnett, the sounds had never played a a braves triple a team and and they'd never played a, a white sox triple a team they'd been a white sox triple a team back in the mid 90s but had never played one until uh this year but the sounds and charlotte had played as double a teams back in the day and now we're going to see uh, Indianapolis, an old American Association team next week, but a, a Pirates affiliate, so I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, you, you kind of chuckled, and I did the same thing on the 604. When I saw the sketch, I was like, what, 604? What and then I realized that that's, that's 704 local time, and the area code here in it's Charlotte 704. is 704. Ah. So they're doing the, and, and, and And we're guilty. We do it. It, sound, it doesn't sound as odd when we do it because our area code ends at a 5, but we do some Sunday night. 615 games later in the year for the 615. So uh, this is their version of that here in Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, when you say that, when you say it in the central time, it's like, oh, four. Why, why, oh, four? But uh, that's that's why. So a so, little bit uh, of an inside joke on the Knights part there. I like it now that I understand yeah. it. Yeah. Funny how that yeah. works. Uh, Jeff, you know, the one thing that's fascinating when you see a team at the minor league level get off to a start or put together a streak like the sounds have is 
you know how quickly it can go from sugar to something else. A couple of injuries up top, and all of a sudden your roster gets ravaged, and instead of playing with you know, some of those AAA veterans and, and guys that are on the way up, you're playing with some guys that maybe aren't quite ready to be here. And if you're not careful, that 15 wins in a row can turn into something else. No doubt, no doubt. Triple A rosters can change on a dime, and and we, you know, we've already seen it uh, get a little thin in this series. The other night, we lost Corey Ray and Dustin Peterson uh, to different injuries mid game, and they're gonna they're both gonna miss a few weeks. Corey Ray's dealing with uh, kind of like a, a hip flexor issue. He, he came up lame running the bases the other night early in the game. Uh, it was the the, uh, the Tuesday game, and then Dustin Peterson talking about guys who throw hard but don't know where it's going. Charlotte had one of those on the mound in the ninth inning, and Dustin Peterson got hit on his left hand, and he's going to miss a few weeks. So um, you know, it's and and with the Olympic qualifying tournament going on this week, we are without Logan Forsythe, who's with Team USA, and Ernan Perez, who is with Team Venezuela. I, we do expect to get those guys back next week so yeah it's i mean it's to your point about how triple a can change quickly uh the last couple of nights the only guy available for rick sweet on the bench has been our our second catcher so it's it's been thin but um i think we've got some reinforcements coming in the next few days at least whether this series or certainly next week at home uh and then the you know the interesting thing i know we talked about keston here a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago um the, the brewers are at a tough spot with that right now because he he hit everything with us he went back up, and he has not been hitting up there. And I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to send him down, they're trying to get him right up there right now, and they're they're facing a Diamondbacks team that's got some righties going, so they, they're sitting Keston more for that because they've got a left-handed first baseman option up there and Daniel Vogel back too. So, you know, who, who knows what that looks like with Hira. I don't know if they'll send him down. Uh, you know, and again, it's from a pure sound standpoint, that's a nice addition to your lineup, but that's not what the goal is here for a guy like Kira, who's that talented. But, um, you know, the roster is always going to have that, that ebb and flow. And uh, we, we know we'll get some reinforcements next week and we'll see what, what the Brewers do. There, there've been rumblings and some articles up there that a guy like Zach Green could get a chance up there. Uh, and he's been playing some first base here the last couple of nights. And I don't know what they're going to do with Keston Hira. So that's a, a puzzle that they're trying to trying to figure out right now up in Milwaukee, and we just got to have to let it play out down here. That's minor league baseball. That's why I love yep. it. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> you, you never know from not in to not out. I mean, it, you, it's like you know the Braves said they send Camargo down because they needed D- Davidson to throw. You know, last night and this, that, and the other. It just you never know who you're going to get when you're going to get them, and that's that's one of the beauties of minor league baseball is unless you're trying to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. There's that, and I don't know how. I don't that know just how means you got more storylines, Mo. Oh, you know well, how that works. I, so you got a new guy to go talk to. Oh no, no question. I had Adam McAlvey and and um and Tom Hodricord on speed dial pretty much when I was covering the sounds, <laughs> and they were the, the Brewers Triple A. So yeah, um. Jeff Ham, voice of the Nashville Sounds, joining us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Sounds finish up their series tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday over at Charlotte. Return home Tuesday for a six-game series against Indianapolis. Jeff, tell folks where they can find the broadcast. Uh, ESPN 94.9 and uh, 95.1 for those in the Murfreesboro area. And then there's also the MILB First Pitch app as well. 
All right. We appreciate your time as always, and uh, thanks for not taking any shots at Mo's age this week. No, Mo's a, Mo is a, Mo's one of the youngest guys and most good-looking guys I know. Stop it. That's what we're talking about right there. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much, man. See you guys. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Atlanta Braves and uh, some other things. There's some some things we need to talk about. So, uh, also SEC eligibility issues, and we'll have uh, T. Willie in the last segment. So, we will get to all that and more in the last two segments of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Come back with us. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company. Call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris we're gonna make it into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint coming to you from the lee company studio on west 7th in the front porch sports layer just inside the front door of kennedy broadcasting here on west 7th thank you guys for hanging out with us on the radio worldwide on front porch radio tn.com facebook and twitter appreciate you guys uh, all of our listeners if you have uh, something to say you want to want to get in on the show want to to ask a question you can do that on facebook you can do it on twitter you can certainly um, make your opinion known we we got to talk a little bit about the Atlanta Braves here because they are about to host the Los Angeles Dodgers, the 33-23 and 23 Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Braves will send Ian Anderson to the bump tonight. And that's a this, – this is an intriguing matchup. I'll, I'll be curious to see – um, how how the Braves lineup fares against Julio Urias, who was dominant against us last year. Well, he's been dominant against everybody this year. He's seven and mm-hmm. two with a three six one ERA. Um, and I didn't realize because I kind of get <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of get tunnel vision about Major League Baseball. It's kind of the Braves and everybody else, so I didn't realize. I knew that the Dodgers were playing well. I did not realize that Julio Urias 
was seven and two. So that's. But he has a he 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 does have a higher ERA than Ian Anderson at three point two seven. So yeah, there's that. He has a higher ERA than Ian Anderson, but he's got a lower ERA than. A lot of folks, the Braves haven't been able to manage offense against. No doubt. So, um, could be a fun weekend. <laughs> fun, yeah. fun, and asterisks. Um, like you said, the Dodgers coming in here thirty-three and twenty-three, three games over five hundred. The Braves have not been over five hundred all year. So, fun, fun, fun. Six twenty start for this one again. Airing on Bally Sports Southeast, also on our sister station, 103.7 FM. Pre-game starts at 5.05. Braves coming off of a 5-1 victory yesterday in a afternoon matinee against the Washington Nationals to earn a split of that series with their NL East rival. So maybe they can take some good vibes out of that into this. Maybe so. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, th- this we really need to not get swept at home by the Dodgers. Really, <laughs> I mean, just just avoid a sweep. That's all I'm asking. Uh, then again, you know the Braves have been one of those teams in the past who have always played to their competition, up or down. And sometimes you get into this situation and. Who knows what can happen? Uh, Dansby Swanson with another home run to extend his hitting streak to 11 yesterday, his 10th homer of the year. So, I mean, certain parts of the lineup are, are getting hot. And if you can put the two together, the, the the part that was hot and the part that's getting hot, put those two together and who knows what could happen with this team. It could be offense city like uh, or hit city <laughs> like Nashville Sounds have been boasting yeah if, if ever a team has lived up to their nickname it would be the sounds right now yeah we 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 chuckled when we got those um press passes on those lanyards that say hit city but, and yet uh, yeah here we are there we go yeah um yesterday and i was standing and i didn't get to watch yesterday's game and i don't know if there's some correlation between the two or not that's kind of what i'm thinking is but maybe i just need to not watch. stop watching yeah but they, they've been tough to watch here and sometimes tougher to watch than others but again did a pretty good job yesterday um you know they finally got pitching and hitting at the same time so we'll see if the, we'll see if they can whatever, sn- whatever snitker ate for breakfast that day needs to Needs to be repeated. Or you know whatever. what? You know what? I'm over <laughs> Brian Snitker. I'm, I'm. I really don't want to talk about Brian Snitker anymore because the first inning of Wednesday's game, when they didn't challenge the tag on Ronald Acuna Jr. the third's stolen base at second, where he was safe, and then they did challenge Freddie beating out slash not beating out an infield grounder, and the reason you didn't challenge Acuna was because well we can't afford to lose a challenge in the first inning and then one batter later you turn around and lose a challenge in the first inning is that I don't think that's on Snicker Snicker doesn't he doesn't have the phone he's the manager he didn't know somebody told him somebody told exactly somebody told him but 
Did Walt Weiss say challenge it? Did Walt yes. Weiss tell the umpires to challenge the it? The guy who was on the phone who said, he's, we're not challenging this one. The guy on the phone says, we are challenging. Did you not see his face after he did see the replay of Acuna after they couldn't challenge it? Did you see his face? Uh, of Acuna after after yes. they couldn't challenge it? After So after the play was over and it was no longer challengeable, they showed the replay because they can't show the replay until the team decides whether to challenge or not on the big screen. He looks at the replay, looks back at Weiss, and is like, what's up? So that's his that's his explanation. I didn't challenge it because my bench coach told me That wasn't to. his explanation. Nobody explained that. I'm just telling you what happened in real time. It was not Snicker's responsibility. It was not Snicker's decision not to challenge or to challenge. He's not the one on the telephone. So whoever's up in the booth is the guy who screwed him. It had nothing to do with Snicker. Who's the manager? Once again, <laughs> you have to rely on the guy in the booth who's watching the TV broadcast. That's the guy you have to rely on. The snicker couldn't see it from where he was. Right or wrong. He couldn't see Acuna or Freddie. I'm done. <laughs> Seriously, I'm done. This day in Braves history. <laughs> it's a good on one. June 4th 1986 leading off for the Pirates in a 12-3 route of the Braves a lot of that went on in the late to mid, uh, mid to late 80s in a 12-3 route of the Braves rookie center fielder Barry Bonds hits his first major league home run off Craig McMurtry going 4 <laughs> for 5 with a double in the win Bobby's son will become the all-time career home run leader, hitting 762 during his 22-year career playing for Pittsburgh and the San Francisco Giants. Barry looked a lot different on June 4th, 1986 than he did at the end. Barry hitting leadoff had a fantastic, in 86. Had a fantastic weight training coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get too the much. Food, I don't the, want to get too much into this. But the thing, what bothers me the most about Barry Bonds' career, is he would have been a Hall of Famer. No matter what, that's it. Yeah. No matter what. They must. I know. The, I know the food is good in San Francisco. I get that. <laughs> but it ain't putting that kind of weight on folks. It ain't putting that kind of weight on folks. That's all I'm saying. When I saw him playing left field at Wrigley Field in 91, 92, looked like Andrew. Looked like he could cover the entire field by himself. <laughs> Dude yep. was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So that was – I'm surprised you read that last sentence, but neither here nor there. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are, you know. Hank Aaron's still the, the home He's the king, king though. though. Yeah, so yeah. I, I will agree with that. He's still the king. Um, yesterday it was announced that the Southeastern Conference is going to allow transfers to play the next season as long as they transfer uh, before a certain date. Transfers within the conference. Within the conference. Intra, intra-conference transfers, transfers. Which they have not allowed, even though the NCAA has allowed for immediate eligibility. The SEC has not allowed athletes to transfer from SEC school to SEC school 
with immediate eligibility. That is being modified, I guess, when you consider the must be enrolled by caveat there. Okay, so here is the here's the okay. Mm-hmm. The rule change caveat is in, in order for an athlete to be eligible immediately at their school of choice, they must declare their intent to transfer, not actually transfer. By February 1st for fall sports, May 1st for winter sports, and July 1st for spring sports. Okay, now when you say they must declare their intent to transfer. They must enter the portal. Okay, so they don't necessarily have to be wherever they're going. Correct. The athlete does not need to choose his or her destination, but it must at least be in the transfer portal by those dates. Hmm. Okay. So that does in in fact include Henry Toto and others. So there we go. There you go. That's, uh, I don't know that I like that. I don't know that I like, Trans, uh, the transfer portal is an issue for me anyway because, as I've tweeted and, and retweeted from some other folks, it's killing JUCO sports. And that's unfortunate. I think that there's yeah. a lot of things going on all at one time. There's a, there's, there's a lot of things going on yeah. all at one time that are really having a trickle-down effect on junior college sports. I don't think it's just the transfer portal. I think it's the transfer portal plus the roster the, the, issues. Plus the pandemic. Yeah, the extra year of eligibility being being thrown in there. And uh, as much as it's impacting junior college sports, I think it's impacting high school graduates as much, if not more. So, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with it. Uh, it's, I don't, and it's going to take a while to shake out. But I do think the transfer portal is an easy target for a lot of folks. It's, I think it's a good idea that is going to take some time to perfect. Yeah, but I'm not sure I know what the answer is. But there's also got to be that there's got to be some kind of equity. Uh, you know, the coaches can change on a whim without yeah. any without any repercussions. Um, and these players, you know, yes, they're supposed to commit to the school. Let's be real. They're committing to the coach. You are. And when the coach abandons ship on you, you know. Or gets fired. Or, yeah, or gets taken away from you, uh, then then some of these answers. Or the coach, okay, let's, let's face it, the coach lied to you in recruiting you. You know, hey, you know, you're going to get to play this, this, and this, and all of a sudden he recruits somebody else as well, and you get – you get stuck. Or the coach tells and, you we're going to run the I formation. And they go to a spread. And, and they go, go to, to a spread, spread and <laughs> yeah. you have to go to play wide receiver at Baylor. Or, yeah. or, or, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. <laughs> I, I caught that. Or, or a coach takes your scholarship. And that can you know, happen. It does happen. So there, there's got to the be something. There's got to be something. Now, again, I don't know that I know the answer to all that, but there's got to be some kind of I agree. equity for them in, in that situation. Uh, either either slow the coaches down I or, think, you know. Yeah, I think there's got to be some sort of middle ground. Uh, you're not going to slow the coaches down. I, I know. You, know <laughs> I, you got money involved in that. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, you know the fact that they are, quote, unquote, professionals as opposed to amateurs and, and stuff. You, but – there, there's got to be something. There's got to be something there to protect. We either 
enable or protect? One of the two. I think sometimes there are things that you can't do anything about and you really can't blame anybody. It just is, and it just has to be worked through. And I think this might be one of those. I don't disagree. Yeah. And and it, like you said, it's tough and it puts a lot of kids in really tough positions. And that's unfortunate, but I, I kind of think that's just kind of where we are. I don't it, exactly. It's yeah. where we are. I think we need it as it is, but it also needs to be continued to be tweaked until it is a better system over, over time. How would you tweak it right now? Well, right now I, I'm not sure. That's what I'm saying is I, I just don't love the fact that we're talking about, you know, Henry Toto is able to go to Alabama just because Alabama graduated three linebackers and, he doesn't like this coach. You know, I, I think. Well, I, I mean, I, okay. Just just taking that specific situation. Now, I'm no. okay with it because of Jeremy Pruitt being fired, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. I see. I, I can see how this could be a thing. Maybe, maybe there must be a coaching change, whether either in your position or, uh, or at the top, or at the top, in order for it to trigger immediate eligibility elsewhere. Perhaps there's there's some kind of, you know, checks and balances there that we could in, implement. Okay. Or, I, I mean, I, there's just so many things that, that happen. Like you said, like you said, coach lying to you or whatever. The, the hardship issues and that sort of thing. It's yeah. just, it's really, to me... Okay. It's an imperfect situation. It's, it's absolutely imperfect, and, and I think it's tough to address every Everything. hypothetical. Right. Correct. But, you know, hypothetically, you've been signed as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're completing 78% of your passes in practice. Some other kid's throwing it in the ground. But for whatever reason, they feel like the other kid is better prepared. Everybody on the team sees that you're outperforming this guy in practice. You can't get on the field. There's no quarterback coach change. There's no head coach change. You can't get on the field. You're supposed to stay there just because. Either that or sit out, I guess. I mean, it's unfortunate, but yes. Well, that's that's my scenario. The coach lied to you. (laughs) Well, and that's that's a possibility. That's what I'm saying is, like you said, there's – a thousand hypotheticals out there, and I don't know that any of them, all of them, certainly can't be, in, you know, addressed. addressed. Right, right. How many can be? Mm. You know, how many ways can we make this? Can we discourage kids from just willy nilly up and leaving anywhere? You're now, also asking okay. eighteen year old. Why, why? Why are we? Why are we feeling the need to discourage kids from up and willy nilly transferring? Because I think that it, I think it hurts the kids at the high school level and at the junior college level more than it hurts anybody. You're also asking an 18 year old to make a huge, huge decision without any, I don't know without, without a safety net I in, think, a, in a sense. I think and, if and we set if we set it at either one, one time free, yeah. one I, time free grad transfers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody else or go down. I'm okay with that, and I'm not sure that may be that that may actually be the rule. I don't know. 
But if, if that's the way we do it, let's let's do it that way. Yeah. I like that. One. Excuse me. Um, I hate that we didn't get a chance to talk about the Women's College World Series, but we had three guests on today, so we, it is what it is. Um, some great ball games. Yes, and and I would anticipate there being some great ball games today. We would be remiss if we did not mention Kate Gordon, who hit a solo home run in the top of the eighth inning to knock off top seeded Oklahoma for James Madison yesterday. Odyssey Alexander was fantastic. Gave up three runs on three on six hits, struck out nine, which is tied the uh, most times that Oklahoma had been struck out that this year. Oklahoma had struck out twelve times total in five postseason games, total. or or in their NCAA regional and their super regional. Correct. Five stri- uh, nine. Stri- 12. 12 total strikeouts. 12 strikeouts in five games. Correct. There we go. Nine strikeouts yesterday. So, congratulations to Odyssey Alexander and to Sarah Jubas, who had the three-run homer in the third, and then Gordon with the go-ahead and eventual game winner in the eighth. Alabama looked fantastic. Uh, Montana Fouts may be the most dominant player on the Alabama campus right now. (laughs) And that's saying something. (laughs) So, and and cool. your girl, give give yourself a pat on the back for Bailey Hemphill. Man, I just wanted to watch somebody pitch to her, and when they did, she made them pay just like I expected. <laughs> oh, shout out also to Paige graduate Jenna Johnson. Did Had not a, get the RBI on that play. What? No. Well, it was a single on an E7. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. That's sad. But she, her hit led to... Hemphill driving, uh, scoring the first run. KB Sides came up right after her and just about hit one out to the warning track. They went right over that girl's head. What about Murphy putting in the pinch hitter and her going yard? Abby Dewar. She's a doer, baby. Jeez. Anyway, big games tonight. Oklahoma State, James Madison, Alabama, Ukla at... 7.30. Ukla with the 4 nothing win over Florida State that was scoreless, I think, going into the 6 before they finally scraped a couple out. Yeah. 8.30. Alabama tonight, 6.30 first, or 6 o'clock. First six pitch, o'clock. Oklahoma State and James Madison. Though There you have it. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk briefly about NASCAR. They are running in Sonoma this week, so stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will be right back. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, the illustrious potentate, Coach Mike on the controls, intern one <laughs> running the Facebook Live and Twitter. We appreciate him. Got a uh, 
kind of a little a little interesting tidbit here from from uh the Parks Motor Sales Hotline as we have T Willie on to talk NASCAR. Seems like every time we talk to him recently, it's a uh, road course. We missed last week <laughs> when they are were at going to be at Charlotte on Sunday, but uh Kyle Larson with the win in the Coca-Cola 600, one of the biggest events uh, in in NASCAR. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's, with seven road courses, it seems like we get to talk about them a lot. Oh man, we we sure do. And of course, Coke 600, the largest largest race of the year and uh that's one of the crown jewel races if you will so kudos to team hendrix they are on fire right now yeah no doubt uh they, they had, how many hendrix folks finished in the top 10 last week i know four yeah that's yeah four of them they were i believe they were one two three five one I two believe. four five Bush was in the middle. Bush was the only one that uh, that broke up the party, but uh, yeah, they they any four, one of those four drivers could have easily won. Uh, three of them led at one point throughout the race. So uh, yeah, it's I tell you they're they've hitting on all cylinders right now, no doubt about it. And don't be surprised to see a Hendrix car in victory lane Sunday. So this is the uh, yeah it's because it's of, Chase Elliott. Yeah, Chase Elliott starting up. <laughs> He's starting outside of Kyle Larson too. So, uh, and then you got William Byron starting third, uh, and Alex Bowman seventh. I mean, that's your that's four in the top seven. That's amazing. And of course, you got uh, Denny Hamlin's right up there starting. I believe it's uh, fourth, and Kyle Busch fifth. So, and any one of those drivers could easily win. And Martin Truex has won the last two races out in Sonoma. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised to see him pull one off either. So. Should be a good race, so it's the shortest road course that they run. It's only two and a half miles, ninety laps total, which comes out to just over two hundred twenty-six miles. But time-wise, it's usually one of the quicker races of the year. And we do got the Xfinity race going off at the noon on Saturday as well. So, uh, so there's some exciting things. Then you got the All Star race next week, and then follow that, the, the best race of the year out in Wilson County. Out of Nashville Super Speedway on Father's Day weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, Kyle Larson won the Coca Cola 600. Then he decided to go run in the World of Outlaws and win that too. He did. He, you know, we talked about him last year when uh, they kind of booted him out of NASCAR, and uh, you know they found out that Rick Hendricks is the only one that was smart enough to bring him back. But he won everywhere he went. Second time, I think it was first or second race ever in the Super Late Models. World of Outlaws, he won. And he bested some of the best World of Outlaw drivers there has ever been. You know, so, I mean, he, he's an amazing, talented young man. Uh, dirt cracking like that really uh, falls into his style. So, uh, but, I, but I'm telling you, you cannot count out Chase Elliott on a road course. Um, it just seems to be his forte anymore. So, I, I honestly look for Chase to uh, get another win this weekend. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. The All-Star Race yep. is in Texas this year. It's not in Charlotte. So That's right. It's in Charlotte. Uh, and you can go on their, their Facebook page and vote for your favorite driver uh, who may not get in. Uh, there's like I think 17 drivers already uh, have secured a spot. But there's a list of ones who have not secured a spot. And you can vote for your favorite. 
No, not that favorite. And uh, we'll see. <laughs> and, not that you know, favorite. I'm thinking, uh, but anyways, uh, whatever does it. And of course, they get to they get to get a chance to get in. There's three segments to the the race before the All Star, and anybody that wins one of those three gets in. And then the fourth one would be whoever gets the most fan votes who is not already in. So uh, Matt D. Benedetto, I think, is who I'm pushing for. So All right, yeah, with the two. So yeah, and you know a lot of news. You know, Brad Keselowski looks like uh, he's going to join Roush Fenway. That'll open up that number two car. Uh, that may allow Matt to go back to the twenty-one now next year, because Austin Cindric uh, will probably take over the two if uh, if he leaves because he's already coming up. So there's going to be some odd changes after this year. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, Kurt Busch looks like he may be moving, going mm-hmm. to a second a second car for. Uh, Denny Hamlin and uh, who's that basketball guy? Oh yeah, Michael Jordan. Uh, so, so we'll see. A lot of good stuff happening. Looking forward to a great weekend, and I can't wait for two weeks. I'll tell you, I'm pumped. I'm going to be camping from Wednesday through the weekend, working in the media center out there, and uh, I'll tell you, I'm already excited. <laughs> we are too. We are too. That's uh, it's the in Sonoma this weekend. It's the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sunday at six o'clock. You'll be on the air. What time? Uh, probably gonna do my pregame early. Uh, the green flag will fall uh, Central Time about a little after three, about three five. Uh, so we'll we'll have a pre race at some point. But I'm gonna do mine early because I got an obligation at two o'clock that right. I can't miss. <laughs> So, but anyways, probably around twelve to twelve thirty, I'll be on the air with uh, everything going on. You know, let everybody know what happened Saturday, stuff like that. So, all right. Well, we appreciate your time, T. Willie. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, this has been Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We appreciate you as we come to you live from the Lee Company Studio on WKOM one hundred one seven for Maurice Patton and Coach Mike and Intern One Andrew Moore. I'm Chris Yao saying, have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.